So like Michael said, I just got back this week from a mission trip to uh, Brazil. We went to the Amazon region in Brazil. This is a short-term mission trip that we do pretty much every year. And before I let you guys kind of know what we did on the trip and and report back to some of of the stuff that's happening, I just want to say a quick uh, thing about the foundation of why we are involved in missions in this church. If you've been around for the past few weeks, you you know that that missions are a big deal in this church, and and, and really the best place to start in knowing why missions are such a big deal is the words of Jesus. Um, In the book of Acts chapter 1, I think this is one of the most important pieces of scripture in the entire Bible. This is kind of the, the call for us as the church. Jesus says to his followers, he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is telling his followers that I'm calling you to be my witnesses. And, and, and a witness is, is, is simple. A witness is just someone who is telling people what they saw what they experienced, what they heard. And Jesus is saying, I want you guys to be my witnesses. What are the things that I've I've shared with you? What are the things that I've, I've, I've done? And I want you guys to go and tell people about that. And he gives these places. He says, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I think these are very intentional places that Jesus is mentioning. See, uh, Jerusalem was the city that they lived. So he says, I want you to be my witnesses in your local areas. Uh, Judea is the surrounding area. He says, and, and even take it further. And then and Samaria were their neighbors and that they didn't get along with. He says, I want you to take it to Samaria. And then he says, to the ends of the earth. And, and the, that means, the ends of the earth actually literally means the ends of the earth. And so if Jesus was talking to to VCDC this morning, he would say, I want you to be my witnesses in Sunbury and Ohio and Michigan. I know, he loves them too. And to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth. So, so the call of the Christian is to be a witness to the ends of the earth and, and our local communities. Jesus also says in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 28, he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I want you to go all nations, all to the ends of the earth, and not only be my witness, but make disciples. A disciple is a word for someone who's essentially modeling their life after another. And Jesus is saying to his followers, he's saying to us, I'm calling you to invite people into this relationship with me where people can know me and walk with me and I with them and and, and, and to share this beautiful, life-changing message that God is no longer uh, holding the sins of man against them. He's forgiven us. And he's calling us, inviting us into relationship with, with him and then sending us out into the ends of the earth. And so we believe that if these are the words of Jesus, this is the call of the church. So our church is heavily involved in missions locally and to the ends of the earth. And so 
today I'm going to talk about Brazil because we are heavily involved in Brazil in this church. We have a philosophy um, in this church with foreign missions where we go deep and narrow. You may have heard us use that phrase in, in regards to missions, that we go deep and narrow. And, and what we mean by that is sometimes if you go to a church, they may have a map of the world and, and lots of pens in it, of all the places they invest. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not really our philosophy here. Our philosophy is we want to go to one or two specific places and invest heavily in those places so that we can see maybe more return with our investment. We don't want to spread our resources so thin that really we're not really investing in any place too much and, and we're really not getting a lot of, you know, we're not seeing a lot of fruit happen. So we invest heavily into Brazil. Over the years, we've sent a number of long-term missionaries, including Patty, who is running the slides. She lived in Brazil for a number of years. She's back here serving stateside. But we've sent many, many missionaries over. And we've partnered with this organization called the Jingu Mission. This is their, their logo. The Jingu Mission is, is a mission that's primarily located in northern Brazil in the Amazon region. And this is really important. This is a church planting mission. And that was really dear to our hearts. And we really believe in the Jingu mission because their primary function is to plant churches. They want to start vineyard churches in the Amazon region. And they have some humanitarian efforts as well with some water filtration things and stuff like that. But primarily what they do is they, they will raise up leaders, Brazilian leaders, and plant churches. And we believe in this church planning mission because we believe that the Bible teaches us that the, the church is the hope of the world. The local church is the plan that Jesus instituted to spread his message of good news that, that, that will save the world. And we also believe, just on a, on a real practical level, that the church is, is a place that can address the needs of a community. So we look at some of these churches that are being planted in the Amazon region and in Brazil, and they are addressing issues of poverty. They are addressing issues of, of sickness and, and, and health care. They are addressing issues of clean water through the local church. And we also believe the local church can sustain for a long time. Sometimes there'll be a, a, a missionary who will go down someplace and start some kind of humanitarian effort, and it lasts about as long as they can, they can be there. But we believe a church that has uh, uh, indigenous leaders, Brazilian leaders being raised up can last hundreds and hundreds of years. And so we believe in this church planning mission, this, the Jingu mission, and our church has been involved in Brazil since we started. Um, we, one of our largest line items, a significant line item in our, in our monthly budget is sending money down to Brazil, both to the, the missionaries and to the organization. Uh, every year, we take uh, short-term mission trips down there. Uh, at least one, sometimes even two. And we have sent down a number of long-term missionaries. But we really, we love these short-term mission trips. And I don't know if you've seen some of the articles that have come out recently um, that have talked about how short-term mission trips are 
uh, a waste of money, they're ineffective, and they, they're really not a good thing. I've read a lot of them, and some of them make some pretty decent points, but they'll talk about, they'll tell these stories about these mission trips where they'll raise thousands of dollars and fly down to some place and then, you know, build some, you know, orphanage or something, and they'll go back home, and then, you know, the people in that place will have to rebuild the orphanage that wasn't built right, and they'll just say, you know what, you would be better off if you would have just sent your money down here than you know, spending all that money to fly down. And I'm not here to, to speak on the validity of that, but what I will say is our short-term mission trips are not uh, built to be work trips where we build something. Because we realize it may, be, it may be a better use of our money to send money down, but there's something that we can do on these short-term mission trips that you can't put a price tag on. And when we ask our missionaries who are down there if they believe that, is it, is it a waste of time for us to send teams down? They'll say, please do not ever stop. Please do not ever stop sending short-term mission, mission trips down. It is not a waste. They see such uh, valid reasons for us to be going down. And, and, and really, over the years, we've developed these trips to a way where we can really bless what is happening in Brazil, bless what's happening with the missionaries in three main areas. And we do these, these trips for three reasons. One is we want to connect and celebrate with our missionaries who are down there. Being a missionary can be a, a, a lonely job and a hard job. And so just very practically, for us to be able to go down and speak English with them is just a breath of fresh air. Where they can, they can you know, speak in the language, their, their, you know, their, their, their native tongue, and it's such a, 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 an ease, and they'll say, oh man, it's so good to have some of these conversations in English. And just to be able to talk about, you know, this year we talked about the NBA Finals, and that was like, fun for them, and we talked about the Avengers, and we talked about stuff like that, and that was like life-giving for them. And not only that, they are constantly pouring out, they're constantly giving their time and their energy for, for other people, for a team to come down and invest in them for a couple weeks, to pray for them, to serve them. is just, at the end of the trips, the, the, the missionaries will say, you know, Thank you guys for coming down. You know, this gave us energy and life to, to sustain for another year or so. So we go down to support and connect and celebrate with our missionaries. We also go down on these trips to connect and empower the local church. So like I said, the Jingu Mission is very interested in planting churches and raising up indigenous leaders who are indigenous to the area that they live. And, and, and so uh, we go down there and we invest in whatever the church needs. So if the church needs us to sweep up before the service, we do that. If the church needs us to do training for the leaders, we do that. Whatever the church needs. And this, this, uh, this particular trip, um, there is a, there's a couple named Fred and Alini who live down there who are just phenomenal leaders. These, this, this young pastoral couple who's just been an amazing couple and has just been giving and serving, but over the past year, they've had a lot of really hard things happen and they've just kind of started to feel really burnt out. 
And so we, this, over the week, just prayed for him and uh, connected with him and, and hung out. And at the end of the week, they, 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 they told us, they said, you know what? Like, you guys spoke life into us. And, and we, we're, we're able to, you know, we, we feel refreshed. We feel like reassured of the calling on our life. And we hear these stories so often on these trips. And so we go down to not only support our missionaries, but to support the Brazilians and the, and the local church. Um, also, just on a real practical level, whenever a, a group of Americans go down, there's a spike in attendance to their, to their church because people want to come and see the crazy Americans. And we don't disappoint. We're kind of crazy. Um, so so that, that just naturally the church grows when we, when we go down. And it also, thirdly, helps us to connect to what's happening down in Brazil. It connects our hearts to what's happening in Brazil. I've gone down there eight times now, and I have gone with lots of different people, and I see some people here who have gone on trips, and, and I have never met someone who went down and said, meh, boring, I don't, I don't really... I didn't really enjoy that. My heart's not connected to these people. I know every single person that goes down on one of these trips says, I will for, there will forever be a piece of my heart down there. Or I'll be forever connected. Like, I'm so thankful I got to see the work that's happening down there. And for us to go and see what our missionaries have been doing and just to be like, we are so proud of you. We're so thankful for the work that you're doing. It just is, it breathes life into the mission that is happening down in Brazil. And I'll just say this too. Every single missionary that we've ever sent down to Brazil started on a short-term mission trip. Tim Kabaki, who you heard last week, he started on a trip to Brazil and felt a hook in his heart for missions, every single missionary we've ever sent down. And so our current missionaries who we've sent down, who are uh, basically an extension of VCDC, are these people, Christopher and Denise. Yeah, that's my brother, by the way, just in case you didn't know. My brother and brother and sister-in-law. And they're, they're church planners. I'll tell you more about them a little bit later. Here's the newest missionary. Jonas, he is their son. He's a year old. And this is about the most sad he ever was on the whole trip. He is such a happy little guy. He's a, he's a sweetie. Um, and this is the, our, our other missionary who's down there currently, Bob Lesher. And they all came from this church. Well, Denise came from Brazil, but they're from this church. We sent them down there. They were members of this church that were sent from this church to be missionaries in Brazil. And so primarily, we go down there to connect with our missionaries and to help them in any way that they need help. And so we went down there. Here's the team that went down. What a good-looking team that is. So we left uh, to go down to Macapá, which is the city that our missionaries live in. Uh, Macapá is a big city. It's about a half a million people. And it's right on the mouth of the Amazon River, surrounded by rainforest. And it is an interesting city. So when you hear big city, I want you to, to get out of your mind 
you know, American big city, because it's nothing like an American city, big city. There's similarities in some ways. Like you can go to the mall and they'll have a movie theater that's showing all the same movies that we have, and they have coffee shops and all that kind of stuff. But then you turn down the corner, and there's like, you know, a dirt road with shacks and a horse walking by, and you're like, oh, I'm in a third world country. And then you go a little bit further down the road, and you are in the rainforest. It is an interesting city. So I love going down to Makapa because you get an experience of all these different types of, of economic structures and, 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 and really d- different types of living in this one city. And so Makapa is, is a really fun place to go. So we, we fly down there, and right as we arrive, it, we arrive on a Sunday, and they're about to have their church service. So we get to experience a a Brazilian church service. And as Christopher and I were talking about the trip, he said, hey, do you want us to have interpreters for you guys? And we thought, no, this might be fun to actually get to experience a, 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 a service in Portuguese like our missionaries had to experience when they were first going down there. So this is their worship. These are a couple amazing uh, younger worship leaders who are just doing an awesome job. And one thing that's awesome about the worship when you go down there, it happens every single time I go down, is there is just this connection you have that something kind of clicks in your brain where you realize how big God is. And you realize he's so much bigger than just you know our little church here in Sunbury, and he's so much bigger than America, and he's so much bigger than the English language, that he is a global God, and there are people all around the world singing to to, to our amazing God. And it's just, there's something so powerful about that. And the other thing that's really powerful is that they're, they're singing songs that you, for the most part, that you're like, oh, I know that song. We sing that song but they're singing it in, in, in Portuguese. And there's something just really cool about that. And, and as we're worshiping, we don't understand the words, but you just feel the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit, and you just, the worship is powerful, even if you don't understand the language. And so then we sat through a sermon. Go to the next slide. This is Sada. Her and her husband, Silas, they are the the newest pastors that Christopher and Denise have ordained. Um, And and the hope for this couple, Sada and Silas, is they are church planners. They want to send them off to plant a new church. They've raised them up. They've been training them. They've been equipping them. And they want to send them off to plant a new church or potentially maybe even take over the church that Christopher and Denise are pastoring now. And Christopher and Denise would plant a new church or something like that. But they are a phenomenal couple. And we sat through her sermon in Portuguese. And even though I didn't understand you know, more than about five words, I felt the presence of God. And it was powerful. So I love that. I love that kind of experience of getting, you know, thrown right into the fire of like, oh, yeah, we're speaking Portuguese now. This is it. We're, we're on a mission trip. And then the next day, we, we get on a boat. And this is, uh, this is what we call a line boat. And this is an experience. If you guys have, I know some of you guys have been on line boats. Um, it, is, it is an experience. So the top level is like party level where they have like boom, boom, boom like bass music going and they're selling beer and all this food and it's a party it's like a brazilian party up there and then each other level looks about like this 
This is where you sleep. And you might be thinking, like, that looks a little crowded. And the reason it looks a little crowded is because it is extremely crowded. Um, and this is just the beginning. This is just where we sit, when we started setting up our hammocks. So we sleep on hammocks, and uh, they call them hedgies down there. And so we, we're setting up our hedgies, and we think, this is a tight squeeze. And then, like, as you're laying down, there's, like, 15 other hammocks going around you. And you're like, wait a second. Like, don't you know I'm American and I need a bubble? Um, but they don't, they don't care. They're setting up. And, like, literally, guys, this is not an exaggeration. As I was sleeping, there was someone's, like, backside, like, right on my shoulder from their hammock. I'm like, okay, well, this is what we're doing. Um, so, so we're on the, the line boat. We, we're traveling to a town called Gurupa. And Gurupa is a small town um, on the Amazon that is a kind of an agricultural town that, that you know, does a lot of fishing and, and, and growing of crops and stuff. But their, their number one export is, is they, they make idols and they sell idols. And so we go to Gurupa and this is what we do. We go around town and just pray for people. So we stop at, uh, you know, shops and and markets and different places, and we just start talking to people and ask if there's any needs for, for things that we can pray for. And this is a very spiritual town. They make idols. They're very spiritual, so they're very aware of the supernatural. So they, they believe in God, and they'll say, yeah, we believe that God might be able to do something about this situation, but we can also go to our witch doctor, and he could do something too. And so when we're in Gurupa, we talk about how there is one God and he is more powerful than anything else. And, and so we go and pray for these people and pray for their, you know, their backs or whatever is going on. You can go to the next one. And then you might be wondering who this young man is. Um, this is me 20 years ago. So this was not my first trip. But I know you're saying you had a lot more hair. You were a lot thinner. Drop it, guys. I get it. Um, <laughs> but this is about 20 years ago. I visited Gurupa, and the purpose of that trip was to plant a vineyard church there. So we went there, and, and I got to share like a little five-minute testimony of what God had done in my 16 years of my life, and, uh, and, and my dad preached after that, and, and we, we were, they were already raising up some leaders in Gurupa, and they were like, listen, we want to have a vineyard church here in Gurupa. So we connected all these people to the leaders and they planted this church. And go to the next picture. This is me 20 years later preaching in Gurupa in that church. And, and guys, it was such a powerful experience to, to see the fruit, to see what happened 20 years ago on a mission trip to, to be able to see the fruit. And it is a thriving church. It is an awesome church. When we were there worshiping, it felt like the roof was about to like blow off because they were shouting and, and screaming and just praising God with all of their hearts. And it was like packed to the gills with people. It was amazing. And this is kind of what we did for the whole trip. So, so we go back, we get back on the boat, we go to Makapa, and all we did is we would go around Makapa during the day and visit people. So this is us at a, at a, at a, a family's house where the mother had just died a few weeks ago. And we stopped at, her, at their house for, for a few hours just to be with them. 
And we ate with them and, and just listened to their story and, and we prayed for them, just engaged them. And we did this over every day. We would stop at different people's houses. Here's another one. This is, a, this is what, I, what I mean. Like, so this is this big city, but there's houses like this all through it. This house, um, I said it was about 20 feet, but I was corrected by Charles Beaner, who knows more about that. It's about 10 feet about 10 by 10, and, and there's about eight people who live in it. And that includes their, their kitchen and their bathroom and everything. It's in this little shack where eight people live. And we just, we go to this home and we, we pray for them and just get to be a part of their life. And it's such a powerful experience to be able to do this. But the, the other cool thing about it is you get to do things like this. That's, that's a bathroom. <laughs> So we get to go and experience things. We're like, oh, things are much different in America than they are in most other places in the world. And so go to the next one. Here's us praying for a young man. His name is Gustavo. We were praying for him about his future. And he's got a lot of questions. You can go to the next one. We're praying for this gentleman. He was, he was dealing with a lot of pain, physical pain in his body. You can go, go on to the next one. This woman has cancer. She's one of the members of the church, and we, we were able to, you know, just pray for her and her family and uh, be with them for a while. You can go to the next one. That's Fred and Alini, who I was talking about earlier. They're those leaders who are feeling really burnt out and just ministering to them. Go on. You can see some of that connection, like there's tears. I don't know if you can see there's tears uh, flowing down that woman's face. And you can go to the next one. This family, uh, they're, they're, they're both teenagers. Um, their parents and them, uh, you know, obviously have a lot of struggles, you know, with medical care and stuff in the city. But they also had, a, had an older son who helped out a lot, who early in their year had committed suicide. And so we were able to just spend a, a whole afternoon at their home. We go to their house every year, and, and it, it just is honestly one of the highlights of my trip to just um, be with this family. And, and really, there's no words, but just to be there with them. They just, just afterwards, they, they left a note for, for, for us that just said that, that was like the, the one time in the past year where they felt like the presence of God. So we get to the privilege and honor to be able to do stuff like that. And so then, in the evenings, this is what we would do. We would do these big events. And so they could be something like a, uh, an outreach event where we'd go do like an evangelistic message. Or it could be something like a worship night or we could do a conference in a church. And it would be something like, they would be really powerful. And this is, this is Cindy. She's sharing her testimony, um, like I did 20 years ago in Gudapa. And here's another one. Here is Cindy at Vineyard Makapa. She, or this, that was Cindy in the last one. This is Nancy at Vineyard Makapa sharing her testimony. Um, and then the next one, here's, here's a really handsome young man. Uh, preaching at Vineyard Viva, the church that Christopher and Denise have planted. 
And so we would do that, and we would, we'd have these experiences where we'd either do some training or some kind of conference, and, and the Lord would just show up. And we'd have these really powerful experiences with, with the people in Brazil. And so one of my favorite events that we did was we went to this uh, neighbor city called Santana, and it is right next to Macapá, and it is an extremely dangerous city. I didn't tell this to the team at the time, but it is like, there's so much crime, and it's one of the most dangerous cities in, in Brazil. And so we go there, and the cool thing about this city is because it is so dangerous, everyone congregates in the center of town in the evenings. And they don't, they don't go to any other places because any other place, that's where a bunch of crime is happening. But they believe in safety in numbers. So they will get together and you'll see like big, huge Zumba classes happening out there and people are exercising and there's, you know, like a carnival atmosphere going on every single night because that's where everyone gathers. And so we go to the center of town and you can, you can go to the next one. We start setting up this big tent we rent this big tent. We start setting up all these chairs and a PA system. You can go to the next one. And we start going around this center of town, just inviting people to this big event. And we're saying, we're going to have music. We're going to have games. We're going to have fun. And we're going to have like some weird American people. You can go to the next one. Here's some of the people just hanging out in the town. You can go to the next one. This is what we call a Brazilian ladder. Um, that's not true, uh, but this is, uh, that's my brother and me holding, uh, it's about six chairs with a wooden hand drum called a cajon, and, and our buddy Diego on top of it, putting a light bulb in, and it looks unsafe, but let me just tell you, it was way more unsafe than it even looks. Um, I am surprised that, like, he didn't fall, uh, but, but, so we set up this, this big, huge thing. And we, we had this guy, you can go to the next one. He's a, he's a local musician. He, he, uh, he, he like is a phenomenal guitar player, and, a, and he plays like a bunch of like Brazilian pop songs and stuff. And you can start seeing a, a crowd starting to gather. There's some kids like coming up behind and kind of climbing on the tent. And the next one... They're, they start singing some kind of some worship songs, and the crowd's getting bigger and bigger, um, and they're playing games in between songs and stuff, and like this big crowd starting to gather. And then they say, all right, now we have an American pastor who's going to come and share a message. And I walk up there, and I think people are surprised that I'm a pastor, um, which I get a lot. Uh, but I expect, like, when they say, here's a message from a pastor, that everybody is going to kind of leave. But they don't. The crowd actually starts getting bigger and bigger. And in this particular area, the, the, it is, it is uh, really religious. And what I mean is there are tons and tons of churches. And pretty much everyone who lives in Santana goes to church. Um, but obviously, the crime rates are extremely high. Everything. I mean, you, you wouldn't think so. But they believe in this God who is just a rule-keeping God and is angry all the time. And so I just gave this simple message of, uh, really, God's not mad at you. God loves you. God cares for you. 
And if you're like me, you, 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 you tend to blow it and you tend to make mistakes. And, but God still loves you. And God forgives you. And God sent his son to die for you. And he's inviting you into a relationship where you can know him and, 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 and he can know you and you can walk with him. And, and not, not only does he love you and, and want to know you, but he has a plan for you. He made you for a specific purpose and, and he's got good things for you. And, and we invited people to just step into that relationship and we just got to pray for them and we saw all these people giving their life to Jesus and then we, we asked if people had any pain in their bodies and, or any sicknesses. We got to pray for people and see God come and move in these, these, these big, cool ways. And so these are the reasons why we go down to Brazil. You know, I told you we, we don't go down to build things, but that's not entirely true. We don't, we don't go down to build, like, buildings, but these are the kind of things that we're building. You can go to the next one. This is what we're building. There's relationships that are being built that money can't buy. You can't put a price tag on that. That young gal just lost her mother. And for, for, for Becky to go and embrace her, just who knows what that, what that meant for her. Go, go to the next one. <laughs> they got along swimmingly. They like really connected. And that might be a lifelong friendship. Go to the next one. This is a young worship leader that I've just, over the years, have been you know, able to connect with regularly through like Facebook Messenger. And every year I go down, we just, we just pick up where we left off. You can't, you can't put a price tag on that. Go, go to the next one. This, I mean, look at that. Those are connections that, that, are, that are forming that who knows how long they will last and the, the depth and effect that that's going to have on people's lives. Go to the next one. One of the things in Brazil... Um, is the, the rate of children growing up without fathers is astronomical. Like, it's high in the States, but in, in Brazil, it is insane. Like, it is far more common for kids not to know their, their father than for them to know their father. And so for, for, for you know, an older guy like Dan to be able to go there and, and connect with people on a fatherly level just has such a great effect. Um, you can go to the next one. This is Cindy just connecting with a young gal there. That, this is why we go down. We build these connections that, that when we leave, we have the missionaries just say, thank you for coming. And, and we're not doing anything special. We're just going down and, and just saying yes to whatever Jesus is telling us to do and, and whatever the missionaries are saying, hey, this would be a great help for us if you would help us in this way. And let me just say really fast, our missionaries are doing great things. They are phenomenal people. And, and there are people that, that just, they're, they're not gonna brag, but I'll, I'll brag for them. They're, they are phenomenal people. Bob Lesher, who you saw the picture of earlier, he is, he is such, uh, he, he came from here, he was in the construction field, he's a widower, and felt a call on his life to go down to Brazil, and he's down there now, and he is such a, he is a hard, one of the hardest workers I've ever met. 
And he doesn't crave the spotlight. He doesn't crave attention. He just does all the things that need to get done. He's currently um, starting a ministry where he's going into like, these homeless communities and bringing food and water and, and, and blankets and just hanging out with these, these, these homeless people. There's tons of, or there, not tons, but there's been a few homeless people who have been starting to come to the church because of the work that Bob is doing. And let me just say, the things that Bob, the things that he's doing, they're not going to get you more Instagram followers. But it pleases the heart of God, and God sees it. And and, and that's what it's all about. And then Christopher and Denise, they're they're like magnets, guys. They are magnets. Everywhere they go, they, they just attract people to them. And they are constantly raising up leaders and sending them out. They were actually sent to Makapa about four years ago to help with this struggling church. There was a church called Vineyard Makapa that had been around for about 15 years and was constantly around 12 to 25 people and, and just would always be on the edge of, you know, closing their doors for good and the, they were going through pastor after pastor and, and the current pastor was just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And so they go down there and take this church that at the time was about 15 people and in two and a half years they grow it to about 100 people and raise up multiple pastors and leaders to help out in that church. And many of those pastors had been sent out to do other things, but they, they raise up all these leaders to, to sustain this church for the long haul. And then they say, hey, we're going to go plant another church in Makapa. So about a year and a half ago, they plant a new church called Vineyard Viva, and they take uh, seven other people from the church with them. And they begin just meeting in their living room. And they meet in their living room for a few months and they outgrow the living room and they they build out this space on the property that can fit about 50 or 60 people. And they begin having their service there. And let me just tell you, it's packed. That new church, they're too big for it now. And they're starting to investigate new spots where they can plant this new church. And, And their idea is, who can we hand this church off to and go start something new? And who are the people here now that we can send out? Who, who are the, you know, the, the, the people who are willing to say yes to, to the calling of God that we can send out? And they're just, I mean, our missionaries are doing a phenomenal job and they're doing something that's sustainable for the long haul. That's not gonna just last their lifetime, but will last hundreds of years, these churches. Because they're raising up leaders who, who live there who will continue to raise up leaders and meet the needs of these communities. I am so proud of our our missionaries down there, and I I really, I would love for you guys to be able to experience and see what they're doing. And so you may be asking, how can I get involved? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) It's a good question. Well, really, there's a few ways I just want to, I just want to really quickly tell you some ways you can get involved. One is to support our missionaries. Guys, they are members of VCDC living abroad and doing the work of Jesus abroad. And I want to encourage you that you can support them. You can go to vcdc.org slash missionaries 
or slash ministries slash missions. There's a whole page dedicated to our missionaries. And you can see different ways that you can support them. One way you can support them is through prayer. I know that kind of seems like, yeah, okay, fine. But really, man, there is so much power in a church that is committed to praying for, for these people. That if we really commit to saying, oh man, I'm committed to praying for our missionaries, that we're not forgetting about them, that we are praying for them. And, and you'll see as you, as you leave, we have up on the wall these things called prayer cards that has a picture of them and you know some different information about them. Grab some of those prayer cards, throw it in your Bible, throw it like you know on your refrigerator, someplace that you're gonna see it, and just pray for them. They need it. Another way to support them is to subscribe to their newsletter or read their blog, and, and when you do that, let them know. Tell them. Say, oh man, just read your blog. That sounds really cool what you guys are doing. Or man, uh, that sounds rough. I'll be praying about that. Or, you know, just let them know. And it means so much for them to, to, to know that they haven't been forgotten, that we're here, we're thinking about them. So just a, just a little email to them that says, I'm thinking about you, goes so far. And, and, and really, a, a, a great way that we can support them, and I know oftentimes they struggle to talk about this, is financially. You know, they don't collect a paycheck from an organization down there. The way they do their ministry is through you and I believing in what they're doing and saying, I'm, I'm willing to support you. I'm willing to, to, to donate to what you guys are doing. And, and so... You know, a little bit goes a long way. You know, my brother would say he would rather have a uh, hundred people give five dollars a month than one person give a thousand. And I say the math doesn't add up. The math doesn't add up. And he says, "Well, that one person next month might change his mind." But if I have a bunch of people just giving little bits, that 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 adds up. And so I want to encourage you. Maybe maybe it's not a lot that you feel like you could give to that, but maybe even just a little bit. Even just like a few bucks or $10 or $20 or something, if a bunch of us say we are willing to do that, it can support the work that they're doing. And let me just tell you, the needs are huge. The needs are huge. Just being down there for a couple weeks, we saw people who needed x-rays. We saw people who, who, whose roof collapsed and they needed help fixing the roof. And the list goes on and on of just needs in the church that, that the money that goes down, it goes to those things. So one, we can support our missionaries too. Another way you can get involved is to go on a short-term mission trip. I would love it if everybody in our church got to experience a short-term mission trip to Brazil. Um, they're they're life-changing. They really are, and, and and I think they do a lot a lot of good. And so there's an there's a there's a sheet out on the info counter where you can say, hey, I'm just interested in getting a little bit more information about next year's trip, um, and and we'd love to get get you information about when we're going and costs and all that stuff. Just sign up on there and we'll we'll, we'll get you information. But I also want to say the Jingu Mission is very interested in, in younger missionaries who might want to go onto the mission field. And so our church, we really believe in the work that they're doing, so we want to get behind it. So what we're committed to doing is if there are younger people, like high school, college age, in your 20s, that you're interested in going on one of these trips, um, we have partial scholarships available. 
We only have a couple, but we have some available. So it would be an application process where you would apply for it. And there'll be probably a lot of people who apply for it. So not everyone will be able to get it. But we want to help people who are younger people who are interested in going to Brazil. So if that's been something on your heart, maybe over the past couple weeks, or maybe it's been, you know, since you've been part of this church, you've been like, I'd love to go down, but I just can't afford it you know, sign up for the information at least and say, I'd, I'd be interested in, in the um, scholarship. So you can, you can get involved by supporting our missionaries. You can get involved by going on a short-term mission trip and you can get involved by becoming a missionary. I know you're like, wow, JT, <laughs> the stakes, you just rose the stakes big time. And, and yeah, I did, but I do believe that there are people in our church who God has called to serve um, in foreign missions. Maybe people here right now. And there's beginning to be a stirring maybe in your heart. And you're like, what is that? Maybe it's God. And so I just want to encourage you, if that is beginning to stir in your heart, that you would you'd come to me or come to Michael or one of the pastors here and say, there's something going on. I don't know what it is, but there's something going on. And maybe we can help you figure out some of the next steps. Like maybe the next step is going on a, on a team next year or something. But we'd love to start having that conversation with you. But I want us all to understand this. That we are all called to the mission field. That every single one of us is called to become a missionary in one way or another. For Bob and Christopher and Zanisi, their mission field is in Brazil, and the Kabakis, their mission field is in Angola, but for, for, for us, maybe, for, for, for some of you, I believe it might be as well, but for, for the rest of us, our mission field is our schools, or our neighborhoods, or our workplace. That God is calling us to be salt and light. He's calling us to be his witnesses like we talked about. Calling us to be disciple makers everywhere that we go. Maybe it's on the Sunbury Square for the rib cook-off. Wherever we go, we are carriers of the good news of Jesus. So you don't have to wait until summer 2020 to go and do mission work. You can start today as we leave those doors. We just have to say yes to Jesus everywhere we go. So why don't we stand? As we end off, um, I just feel like the Lord wants to do some ministry here. And as I was praying, I felt like there was a few things that the Lord was putting on my heart to just share with you guys that he wanted to minister to. And and, and, and one, I felt like the Lord was saying, at every service actually, I felt this, but are, there's someone here, maybe a couple people who have irregular heartbeats, like sometimes your heart will skip a beat or something and you, and you really notice, who is that? Okay, we'd love to pray for you guys. I believe they're, they're, that God wants to come to that. Um, I also believe that there are people here who um, you've just experienced some really heavy disappointment. And I'm not sure what that is, if it's relationally or, or maybe it's career or something, but there's something 
But you've just, you've just dealt with some really serious disappointment. I felt like the Lord really made it clear that he wants to come close to those who've felt disappointment. And then finally, I believe that there are people here, I know that there are people here who your hearts are beginning to stir because of missions. And maybe it's something uh, like you, like you're confident. You're like, I know God's called me to the mission field. And maybe it's just like the beginning of an inkling of a thought. But I feel like the Lord says, if you're on this side or you're on this side, but you're starting to feel something that he wants, that he, he wants to speak some wisdom and some clarity to you in that. So I just want to invite you forward if any of those things apply to you and we'd love to pray for you. And also, if you're here and you need prayer for anything, if you, if you have pain in your body, if you are dealing with, with a hardship at work or something, we love, we'd be honored to pray for you. So Sarah's gonna lead us in one last song. And I just wanna encourage you to sing along. And if any of those things apply to you, the heart thing or the disappointment or the call to missions, when you come forward and we'd love to pray for you.